Um, then we are first introduced to the first ever hipster, ever, ever, and that would be Richard Dreyfuss playing Hooper. Um, but then we are also introduced, so we're transported to the next morning where there is a big hubbub on the pier. Yeah. Because there's this $3,000 bounty, and we are introduced to not just Matt Hooper, but we're introduced to your favorite character of all time. Yes. It's amazing when you are in the position of us where, where we're reviewing movies, we're looking for everything. And somehow this scene got past both of us for all these years. Oh, yeah. There is a scene after we see Richard Dreyfuss' character for the first time. Actually, I think it's right before right that. Before, right it's, before. It's right where you are starting to get to... You're, you're starting to show all the people going out on the dock, okay? And the people are coming in. They're buying bait out of the shop and everything else. Well, it all starts with this guy, this guy. who walks out of the shop, mm-hmm. who literally looks like Popeye the Sailor Man at 60 years old. Yeah, it's awesome. You but, have- like, overweight and got the biggest goddamn mm-hmm. smile on his face. <laughs> That you've ever seen. Uh, and he's just kind of laughing at everything that's going on. And then there's a deleted scene, which Jimmy finally got to see this morning. awesome. Of him sitting there eating Rice Krispies. Well, well, well everybody, yeah. <laughs> he's eating, he's smiling, eating Rice Krispies, enjoying his Quaalude high, while everybody else is just rushing out to the water. Everybody's going batshit crazy. Yeah, everybody's, I mean, it, it is a madhouse for this three grand, which is about a million dollars in today dollars back then. And he's just sitting there, Rice Krispies. Yep, just sitting and on the dock eating Rice Krispies. I, I mean, honest to God, I know you can't see that scene unless you buy the DVD. But I, but please go back and see this guy. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Because Paul texted me earlier in this week. He's like, I got a new favorite character. <laughs> you look for him. As much as I love Robert Shaw in this yeah. movie. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, that's it. <laughs> because... I typed this up two nights ago. Right. And it has right here Paul's favorite character. Because I wanted you to see that I was on top of that. I was on top of that shit. Yeah. That's Paul's, this is Paul's hero. You have hero. to point it out. Yeah. I love that yeah. guy, dude. That guy's awesome. I mean, and it's fun. It's, he's funny. And he, like, because it's funny. So out of place, Because, yeah, it's so out of place. But I wish they would have caught, they kept that Rice Krispies scene. Yeah, dude. It's, I, it's completely unnecessary, but it's just it's, yeah. wonderful. With him sitting, because he's sitting there happy as a pig and shit, eating Rice Krispies. There's another guy sitting there, like making fun of everybody who's yeah. walking by to get on They're the boat. Harassing people, yeah. And then you have Dreyfus coming out of nowhere, and he's like, "You ain't going out there with those yahoos, are you?" He's like, "I don't know, thinking about it." <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, as Brody is trying to corral all these, I mean, it just is a flurry of small ass boats going out. To hunt this shark. Yeah. It, it, I mean, we know for a fact that the shark has to be at least uh, at least 15 feet. Yes. Because, you know, it pretty much ate that kid in one swallow. Yes, yes. So everybody knows it's at least 15 feet, and they're going out in boats that are 12-foot boats. They look like bo- the boats they're, that aren't even safe to right. put in, like... Uh, and they're like overmanned. Yeah, they're There's overmanned. too many people in the yes. goddamn boats. They're putting their dogs on there who transform into different breeds. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And Brody's trying to corral this, and that's when Dreyfus goes up to Brody and introduces himself. He's from Oceanic or whatever. Yeah. Um, some non- some yeah. university. Yeah. And then we see you know, people throwing grenades into the water or chumming the water. 
Um, interesting. Eventually, Brody gets word that they've called a shark, and that's when we go back to the town pier where they're stringing up the tiger shark. Yeah, because he, he they went, and I think him and Hooper were talking for a while. Yes, about, him and Hooper were talking for a while about the shark and all that. Right, and basically... Hooper, they took them, they went to the coroner's office, and Hooper looked at the body. Yes. And Hooper made a determination that the shark was going to be massive. He said that this is going to be a really, really big shark, because you look at the bite marks, you can look at the the diameter of the bite marks, Mm -hmm. you can see, this is a big-ass shark. Not only that, but he's like, yeah, this isn't a boat accident. And then he said, well, yeah, because he was shitting on the corner, who was just standing there like, oh my god. And on top of that, he's like, Oklahoma. this is either a tiger shark or a great white shark, which both of which shouldn't even be in these waters. Mm-hmm. Like the great white isn't supposed to be in those waters at all. And he thinks right off the bat that it might be a great white. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like, you know, cream in his jeans because he's, you know, got this opportunity on his hands because he wants to be famous. Yes. That's the whole thing. Like, you know, it's something that's kind of lost in all this is that he's he wants to be like the new Jacques Cousteau. Yes. And he's, you know, he's just about to leave to go on some kind of, I'm going to call it a safari, but obviously it's in the water. A water safari. Right. So, it, you know, he's just about to leave to go on this, but he gets this golden opportunity. opportunity so he goes to Amity. And now he, you know, that's why initially I don't think, Brody believes everything that Hooper's saying because he thinks Hooper's trying to make it into Moby Dick. Moby Dick. He wants to be the next Jacques Cousteau. I think He wants so. to have PBS specials I mean, did about you him. get that, or am I just no, no, making I that No, I think you're on the right track. So anyway, that's when, you know, he kind of has his idea that this shark has got this huge bite radius. Mm-hmm. So then they hear, hey, so they caught the shark. So they rush back rush to back the dock. Rush back to the pier. Brody's, Brody's all, fucking happy he's as a happy pig and shit. She's, oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's happy as a pig and shit. And that's when, but Dreyfus is skeptical. Dreyfus is like, eh. I don't think that's big enough. I don't think, yeah. So he's, Dreyfus is right over there trying to measure the, the diameter of the, yes. the shark teeth while they're stringing the shark up. And they all want to take a picture for the paper yeah. to make it sh- because they, they're more interested in the getting money. the summer yeah. money. Yes. Yes. They want the summer mo- this they want the summer money. And then uh that's when Dreyfus is like, Yeah, this this shark is I don't think it's it. I need to yeah, check it out. He tells him and Brody's just like, I don't believe you. And then Mayor Vaughn comes with one of his awesome jackets again. Another one. And he's like, What do you we can't just cut it up in front of these people and see that uh what's her name, son pour out. Yeah. And speaking Alex. of which this is when the oldest mother ever shows right. up. Right. This, this is, is when, when old, she shows yeah, up. Yeah, in her, in her uh, all black. Right, because she funeral. must have just came from the funeral. funeral. And she comes up to Brody and is like, so you. You did, always knew. You always knew and then slaps the shit out of him. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's, he takes a lot of shit in this For movie, Mayor man. Vaughn. For Mayor fucking Vaughn. Yeah, because Vaughn just, you know, and Vaughn doesn't even step up and say anything. because uh, He just lets it happen. Typical politician. So, I don't know, dude. It He takes a lot of shit, and he blames himself. Yeah. Like, it, it, it comes out later that, you know, he felt responsible. Yes. Because he's telling his wife all about it, and his wife is just like, it's not your fault. Mm. 
And he's like, yeah, it is. I knew, and I let them open the beach anyway. Yep. It's my fault. So, um, speaking of which, that, that tiger shark that they had was a real tiger shark. They actually flew up from Florida because they, you know, they couldn't find one around. The local fishermen couldn't right. find one. So they threw up, they flew up this 13-footer from Florida, but it was already decomposing and smelled awful. Oh, God. Yeah, so imagine being on the set. Ugh. Decompo- In the heat. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, that would Eesh. be horrible. Yeesh. Then we're going, we go back to Brody's house where there's that touching moment where his son is mimicking Brody. Kind of depressing when you realize what happens to that son in a later movie. Charles right. movie. Gets his ass eaten up. Um, is yeah. that the second one that he gets eaten? Because I don't believe any of Brody's family is in the third one. And the fourth one is all about the mother right. getting revenge on the shark, oh. which is just oh. horrible. That is the kingdom of the crystal skull. It is. It is. Because <laughs> I, a lot of people shit on Jaws 3 because it's kind of like it all happens inside a sea world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... uh I don't. I didn't mind it. It was first off. It was Jaws three in three D. Three D. Yeah. Which is always was was a selling point for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't hate Jaws three. It's been so long since I watched it. It probably doesn't hold up very well because uh, I remember a lot of nonsense in I it. I mean, there are some stupid things like when the Jaws when he when he's like forty feet at this point when he like torpedoes into the underwater uh, headquarters. There's, right. There's that big. That big glass panel looking over the uh, the uh, lagoon, the ocean, or yeah, whatever. And Lewis Gossard Jr.'s. <laughs> it's been so long, dude. Yeah, I, I do need it, to go back and watch it, but watch it. it. But it's nothing like this movie. It's like it, no. could, be, it could be a different movie, all, like different. It's uh, basically shark movie <clears throat> altogether. The did you see the Meg? I have not. How was it? I like the Meg, but I would probably put it on par with Jaws three. Okay. Like it, it's probably hokey that kind of level. Well, yeah, it's very hokey. Yeah, Jaws three is hokey. Jaws um, and Jaws two are not hokey. No, they seem pretty straightforward. Yeah, but uh, Jaws three, yeah, it's very hokey, but it's fun. Yeah, I like it a lot. Th- I, we have HBO Go right now, and it, it, the yeah, I think on it's there. on there. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take a look. It's worth a watch, dude. Worth. It's it's not it's not in the same. Universe as Jaws. Yeah, Jaws is yeah, it's a different universe than most movies. So Hooper comes by, introduces himself to uh, Brody's wife. This is interesting because if you read the book, Brody, I mean uh, Hooper and Brody's wife actually have an affair. Right. Um, but Spielberg took a lot of these subplots out just to keep the the movie more focused and streamlined. You kind of have to. You kind of have to. I mean, dude, that movie's over two hours yeah. in 1978. In, which is ridiculous yeah. for that time period. I mean, yeah. talk about back then it was 90 minutes. Right. So, you know, Hooper has his wine. That's when they're going back and forth. Brody's quizzing him about, um, about sharks. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're getting liquored up. Not liquored up, but, you know, wind up. And that's when they go to cut open the shark Hooper cuts open the shark, says, just, well, you know, there's a license plate from Louisiana, but there's no remains. All right. No remains, and that's when Hooper's well, like... Well, they found a couple fish, I think. A couple fish, yeah, but, but nothing else. And that's when Hooper's like, we got to go out in my boat. Yeah. So, we're transported... He's got a nice boat, too. This awesome boat. I'll bring it up later. Yeah. 
is just decked out with every like modern uh, amenity you could think about in terms of looking for fish and sharks, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I mean, it is, and it's a tank of a boat too. You know, you're not talking about like a, a piece of shit wooden boat, you know, from that was built in the fifties. And I'm equating to that time. Right. Right. 70s. I mean, this is a high tech boat that can withstand a 20, 25. Dude, like I, I, when I saw it, I'm like, wow, this, this looks like it's out of time. It is out. It looks. It looks like it's from like the late eighties yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, it's got one of them radar things that's spinning and all that. Yeah, I, I, it's highly impressive. Yeah. So military level, at least military. Exactly. So that's when we find out that he's like a like a rich person. Yeah. You know, his dad was a machinist or something, and he wanted to become like Jacques Cousteau. And uh, they run into one of the boats that. Um, Brody recognizes as one of the local fishermen who went out in that, you know, the big cluster, right. the cluster of, a, of a hunting expedition for the sharks. And Hooper decides to scuba dive into the, into the water, I mean, in, to investigate the boat, finds this big-ass tooth. He's shocked. And this is where you hear the music a little bit, and you think the shark's going to make an appearance. But instead, that's when the fisherman's Severed head pops out. Right, and this was actually the biggest scream scream out of all the screams for the test audience was this part. Interesting. Yeah. Also interesting. This was later added to the movie. Uh, I think that it's the only jump scare in the movie. It's though. the only jump scare. Yeah, it is the only jump, <laughs> jump scare. Except for maybe when he's chumming the water, but you kind of expect something yeah, to happen. Yeah, yeah. They said that, and that was a great scene. I love that scene. So, so he wasn't, Spielberg wasn't satisfied. He said they needed one more scare. Um, so he actually, he took a small crew, reshot the scene in film editor Verna Field's backyard swimming pool in California, and he used a gallon of milk to make the water appear murky, dumped it into the swimming pool. Hmm. So it was reshot later. Oh, that's cool. So <clears throat> that's when Hooper, so after they find a, uh, Hooper finds a shark tooth. He realizes how big this bastard is. Right. And they go talk to Hooper, uh, Mayor Vaughn, who is back in his anchor jacket, that swag jacket. And that's when Hooper reveals it's a great white shark. But, but Vaughn, still oblivious, still after two person people, people being dead, he's more concerned about the summer money. Oh, I got to get the summer, summer, summer money. They got to, no, uh, Brody. And Hooper say we gotta close the beaches. Vaughn has none of this. Right. The beaches are gonna be remain open. Um, do what you have to do to secure everything. And that's when we are transported um, to the beach. We have a cameo by Peter Benchley. Okay. As the news reporter. Amity Island has long been known for its clean air, clear water, and beautiful white sand beaches. But in recent days, a cloud has appeared on the horizon of this beautiful resort community. A cloud in the shape of a killer shark. I, I didn't know that, yeah, but okay. That was, that was Peter Penn, uh, author of Jaws. So the beach the next day is uh, crowded with this heavy police presence. You have all these boats. You have the helicopter going over. And this is the part where nobody's getting in the water. Right. Remember you mentioned it earlier? Nobody is getting in the water at all. They're all staying on the beach. You got a you got a freaking fleet. You got an armada out in the water looking for. Shark. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. It, it's it's definitely looks like it's overkill, even though it's ineffective. But 
Or ineffective. Very ineffective. So then Vaughn goes up to a family and says, why don't you get the kids in the water? And they're, they're very concerned. Yeah, a local. Like, okay. So they take three kids into the death pool. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, hey, what the hell not? And the entire beach just goes flooding into the water. Right. And that's when some jackass kids... But that makes sense. I mean, they're all waiting. And once somebody kind of breaks the seal, then everything comes tumbling out. Everybody comes tumbling out. And that's when some jackass kids pose as a shark. They use like this wooden right. shark fin scaring all these people. And then there's a scene where they approach this one guy who, who backs up into like a raft and spills kids over. Yeah. That's one one example. One example of like, you know, humanity just being hell with these people. Hope they all get eight. Um and then at the same time, because everybody's freaking out when they when they see this shark and all the boats converge, and that's when it's revealed that it is kids. But meanwhile, um, what I didn't mention earlier is Brody encourages his son with his friends to take their boat out into the pond, which is kind of like this offshoot of the main beach. Right. But it is attached to the water. The water. It is attached to the water. It is there is an estuary. There there is a. It's under a bridge or right. some shit. So while still a shark that big would never, never go be able in, to go in that no, water. No, it's just kind of ridiculous. So while all these boats converge on these kids with the sh- the, the the fake fin, yeah. Um, and then you it? have basically the Blues Brothers scene where they're yeah. they all got the guns pointed at them. Yeah. So, but again, the worst humanity is displayed because you see, like. This one guy actually pushes these kids off the raft uh-huh. and takes and hijacks the raft himself to get to shore. I mean, just, just the sky, they're tra- oh yeah, they're trampling they're over tra- everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they're they are getting out of the water. There's and a, it's you know, and there's that one woman who's <clears throat> holding her baby and just screaming ah, doesn't move at all. No, just staying in the water, idiot. Darwinism. But meanwhile, as everybody's converting against this this shark fin, this beatnik painter on the beach, notices the fins of Jaws going to the pond. It starts, shark, shark. Right. And that's when um, Brody realizes his son's over there with the boat. Yes. And this is where you make your guest appearance. Because as these kids are on the boat, there's this old guy. This is what I see in 20 years. There's an old guy in this old school rowboat. Mm-hmm. You know, they just look straight out of, like again, like a carnival ride. You guys okay over there? That's where I imagine you are in like 20 years, that you've just given up on life, and you're just going to row a boat around this pond. You think it's going to take 20 years? Well, you might do it already. And okay. There's a pond down the road from us anyway. You'd probably do that sometimes. Just right? row in circles. <laughs> Speak to her, talk to yourself. And like, I there's nobody there, but I just keep saying that every like, you know, five to six hours, and then every once in a while there's actually somebody there. Yeah. So it's <laughs> Y'all okay over there? Y'all okay over there? And, of course, you hear the music start. Dun, 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 and then Jaws runs into uh, your boat. Yep. And you fall out of the boat, and Jaws just obliterates you. Yep. And you see uh, the old man's, old Drogus's leg fall to the bottom with mm-hmm. his keds on. <clears throat> it was like a ham, blood dripping out of it. Yep. Um, I could see that. Yeah. And then meanwhile, they, the, the, the kids uh, on the boat, they start panicking because they get bumped into as well. And Brody's son goes in the shock. And his friends um, 
drag them to the beach. Yeah, and this this I don't. I what kind? I don't understand the shock that he goes into. I don't. Do e- I don't either. He just was, you know. He just goes into shock. It's like he goes into a goddamn coma because he saw a shark. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So this is when Brody accosts Maravon, and at this point, Maravon, he's he looks like he's spent. Yeah. Because he can't make any more excuses. <laughs> There's a man hunting shark out there, <laughs> and he, and Brody's like, "We got to pay Quint. You're gonna sign this paper." And Vaughn just, oh, his hair is like all a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing yet another wonderful suit. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I'm truly sorry. And a pen, Larry? Yeah, a pen, you know. Because you're going to do what you do best. You're gonna sign this voucher so I can hire a contractor. I, I don't. I don't know if I can do that without. I'm uh, gonna hire Quint to kill the shark. August. What? August. What? What are you talking about? Larry, the summer is over. You're the mayor of Shark City. These people think you want the beaches open. I, I was. I was. I was acting in the in the town's best interest. Is that's that right. You were acting, acting in the town's best interest, and that's why you're going to do the right thing. That's why you're going to sign this, and we're going to pay that guy what he wants. Martin. Martin. My kids were on that beach trip. Sign it, Larry. And this is the second act. We go into the second act of the movie. Right. Because this, the contract is signed. <clears throat> Brody's son has to stay in the hospital for shock. Yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, okay. If I have to pick something, because we always try to find some kind of negatives in these. Yes, we do. We, we have the old lady mom, which just is just very off-putting. Mm-hmm. And then... This kid going into a coma because he saw a shark. I, it, it's just what the hell, dude. I don't understand this at all. I I, I don't either. <coughs> I, I it's yeah. I don't either. So we are then transported to Quint's shop. He's been hired, and Quint started rattling off all these other demands. He wants like this uh, case of uh, apricot brandy. Yeah. Because <laughs> he now he knows now he's and got he's that got because by the balls. it's like I told you, <laughs> you didn't want to listen. Now you can pay up. Now you can, yeah, yeah. So I want this food. I want this brandy. Here's some moonshine that I made. You better take a shot. Yep. Here's a swimming with bow-legged women. Takes the shot. Um, and in his shack, I mean, it looks like Texas Chainsaw Massacre for sharks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There is just like, there is not an inch of wall that is not plastered with a shark, shark jaw. Shark jaws or whatever. And they else. show them boiling shark jaws as well. Yeah. But that shark hunter that I told you about says, you don't do that. Okay. You, you don't do that. So I guess that was just done up for the movie. Well, um, what do you do? Huh? How do you get the I, I don't know. skin off? I'll of let the... you know when I be, get my shark hunting certification. Well, you brought it up like you knew. No, I don't. Okay. I don't know everything. I, know, I realize that I'm the sage of this the show, but I do not know. No, that. dude. You're like, that guy said you don't do that. Usually you follow that up with, he said you do this. <clears throat> um, 
And that's when Brody is like, I need, I need to take Dreyfus on with me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, no. No, at first. And he eventually says. He okay, gives it. He, gives well, it. I think because he took the shot. Yes, he did take the shot. Because Brody did. wouldn't take the shot. He spit it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, he took the shot and he started. Oh, he did the knot. And then he started talking about um, something. What the hell was he talking about that convinced him to take him on? I forget. It I, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So then Dreyfus has all his his uh, gadgets and stuff, like this cage loaded onto Quint's boat. Die marker flares, safety float, temperature gauge, spear guns, SMG. Take that junk out of yourself, Blow, and you'll ask it secure. You're right, just badly. Jesus H. Christ. When I was a boy, every little squirt wanted to be a harpoon or a swordfisherman. What do you got here? Portable shower or a monkey cage? Anti-shark cage. Anti-shark cage. You go inside the cage. Cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Sharks in the water. Our shark. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. Right. <clears throat> this is where I have, have an issue. Oh, All my right. God, that cage sucked, didn't it? <laughs> that piece of aluminum foil that he called a cage wouldn't save him no. from a sand shark. I mean, it's no. just, it just ridiculous. So, wouldn't you know, save him from anything. This is where there, there's, there, there's, there's kind of a, a, a disconnect. Um, now, I just saw three different people getting tore up by this huge shark. Uh-huh. I got this shark expert telling me there's a huge shark. Then we see Dreyfus's boat, the Orca. Yep. I'm like, that's a, that's top damn, of the line. That's termite. No, I'm talking about Quint's boat. Oh, well, you said who? I'm, I'm sorry. Who? We see Quint's boat. Yeah. Where they're loading up everything, where termites are holding hands. And I look over the other. Oh, side. you're right. The Orca was Quint's boat, wasn't it? Yes, Orca was Quint's boat. Okay, sorry. And I look over. I remember. Wait a minute. I just was on the damn. You know, a, 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 a freaking military boat in the vessel world. where we could just go ahead and, like, you know, shoot a torpedo with a shark and be done with it. I want to use his boat. Yeah, I would I, think I, so, too. I don't want to get on that boat. Yeah. I hey. want to get on this boat over here. I, 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 I think the only argument you could make is that Dreyfus, Hooper's boat is not a shark hunting boat versus... Like, they might not have... You ain't trophy fishing. You ain't trophy fishing. I mean, that's true, but he still approached it that way. He, yeah, he, His initial approach to it was to sit down and try to, to reel it in. Shark. And then when he realized he couldn't do that, then he starts shooting it with the barrels, you know, it, because these are things that had worked in the past. I, I just, I'm going off of what I would think. I'd be oh, like, I agree. I don't dude, disagree with you. I'm going on his boat. It ain't trophy hunt. I'm paying ten grand from the city uh, coffers. I mean, literally, it looked like you could flip over. The boat could flip yeah. over in Hooper's boat 
and you wouldn't even get wet. Yeah, you wouldn't get it because this boat was awesome. <laughs> And yeah. it's probably got a much better mower than the Orca that looked like it had a single ro- rotor yeah. on the damn yeah. thing. Yeah, it looks like you'd be trolling around the Magathy River with it. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, but I want the Aurora over there. You know, we're going to find the shark. We'll turn the water as soon as we see it. We're going to throw a depth charger at it and blow it up. And guess what? We're done. No more shark. No more shark. But no, we got to go out in the freaking coffin, you know, on the water. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. If it was like a little 10-foot tiger shark, that's different. But there's a man-eater out there. Well, I, think, I think the one would be, you know, probably fiber. Fiberglass. Fiberglass. And the other one being wood. Just that alone, I would think you would fiberglass would hold up better against a shark than <laughs> wood would. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know much about that. What's also funny, though, is the I entire ocean. about anything. That's okay. The entire ocean portion was played with technical difficulties. The orca actually sank. <laughs> I'm not surprised. So they had to rescue um, uh, Shaw and, and Schneider and, and, and Dreyfus off Schneider. the boat. And then they also had to take the film. You did what I always do. Yeah, Schneider. Yeah. Schneider. I always I'm do Schneider. It. So then we're... Um, one day at a time. One day at a time. Then we are transported to... Which you know is, they remade that... It is a piece of shit on Netflix. So we're out on the open ocean, and that's where Quinn is making Brody chum the water. He's like bossing everybody around. He's got no time for any shit. He's got bad hemorrhoids. He just going to find the shark, get his 10 grand, drink some apricot brandy. Yeah, uh, right. So drinks his beer, which is Nergasant Lager. Still exists. Actually becoming a very popular beer these days. Um, takes the yeah. Ever since we did this podcast, yes, I mean it's a very Nergasan bear. It's, we it's, brought it to light. We did. We we are that popular now. Crushes the can, and the Hooper is also drinking like I don't know. He's drinking like a latte or something, whatever. And a plastic can. He yeah. He crushes the plastic. Those two actually had issues on the set. Uh, Shawl and Dreyfus. It works. It works great. I mean, I don't care what their issues were, yeah. uh, but the fact that they had issues probably helped. Oh, it helped big time. Because those two were great with each other. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of where I was getting into that whole, the fact that you had three different guys involved and all three different people have vastly different personalities. Yes. And they very, very, very much play off of each other and are detrimental to each other yes. at the same time. Yes. It's great. It's wonderful. But go ahead. Uh, So, so, so there. You know, uh, the chum in the water crushes it. Quit notices that he's sitting on this this uh, chair, which is on the back of the boat, just overlooking the the stern. I don't know what what the back of the boat called the stern. I think so. Um, You notice the the line. Gets a little taut. He's got something, so he starts strapping himself into the uh, the chair. Right. And uh, it's 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 a process. Takes the fishing uh, fishing pole, puts it between them. Tells uh, Brody to get behind him. So this isn't where Jaws jumps out. Then no, no, no. This is that's where later. there's kind of a, a he's tense just moment. chumping, chumming, and they, that's this is where they sat there and said. Why doesn't he have to chump? Yeah, and then but the, but he catches Jaws, but Jaws go underneath, goes underneath the boat. Right, he's got he's under the boat and he chomps through the line. 
the right. fishing line. That's it. Um, then and, the, uh, and if you had seen the deleted scene earlier in the movie, you would have known like he got like this fishing line that almost is like 6,000 pounds of pressure yeah. or some nonsense like that. Yeah, and, and Jaws cut right through it. Right. So then, I mean, there was a big production about getting this, but you know, they lose a shark. The next scene, you have Brody still chumming the water where he's chumming the water. The camera anger is looking at directly at him where he's talking to Dreyfus and, or over, Quint, his shoulder. and over his shoulder. And it's the first time he doesn't really pay attention to throwing it. Mm-hmm. The first time. And that's when you actually, this is the first appearance of Jaws. Yeah. You actually see Jaws out of the water. And there's a reason for this. And anybody who likes Jaws or knows about this movie realizes that they had issues with the actual mechanical sharks. Yeah, anybody who's seen One Crazy Summer should know that. No, that, yeah, that's it. They sunk. They sank. And that's why you didn't see a whole lot of Jaws in the movie itself because they didn't really have much to work with. Right. It was, they actually named the, the shark, the mechanical shark, after Spielberg's attorney, Bruce. They hated, hated working with him so much. So this is, an, but it worked. They call me Bruce. They, they work. You are Bruce. It worked so much not seeing the, and this is why it's a great horror movie. Mm-hmm. Great horror movies. Because you don't see the scare. The scare. You don't have to. The attention, yeah. But it works here. You see, you find. I think sometimes you do have to see it. Other times, it's better to keep it in the dark as long as humanly possible, mm-hmm. and then expose it. But of course, that doesn't work on sequels. Doesn't no. It does not work. You on know. sequels. No. 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 Not at all. Not at all. Um, I mean, once the cat's out of the bag, you need to. It needs to be right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Ooh. You all right, buddy? Yeah, that's my funny bone. My yeah, mind. that's gotta suck. Ooh. I've done that before. So, um, it's, it scares Brody, who then backs up, looking at like what just happened there. Yeah, and he. This is the, the famous ad lib line: "You're going to need a bigger boat." Slow ahead. I can go slow ahead. Come on down and chump some of this shit. Yeah, it, it's probably it's got to be in the top ten. Yeah, and that's been, it's got to be in the top ten lines of all time of all time because and that most repeated lines. Yes. I mean, everybody says it yes, all the freaking for different time. reasons too. They oh use yeah, that yeah constantly. Mm-hmm. I, I I say it to my kids all the time, just for no good reason. Like you need a bigger boat. Well, like if they if they give themselves too much ice cream, I'll say it. Because I just think it's funny. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It'll, I'll say yeah. it all the time. And everybody, everybody who sees the movie, everybody, people that have never seen the movie know the line yeah. because it's in every freaking thing. And it's it's such a great, such a great line. It's it's wonderful. It's such a great line. Yeah. So and uh, it was ad libbed. I didn't know it was ad libbed. It was ad libbed. Ad libbed. So this is that awesome scene where, uh, and it's so aside too. Mm-hmm. That's the best part about it because it's not like. He comes in and he makes a big gesture of, hey, you're going to need a bigger boat. 
which is what everybody thinks nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like back then, it was just kind of an aside. Yeah, it was a side. He, he's yeah, kind yeah, of walking yeah, past. Yeah. He's like, oh, I think you're no, going to need backing, a bigger boat. He's backing right. away. He's backing <laughs> away, and Quint looks up at him. He's like, you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. And that's when you hear the music, John Williams' awesome score kick up. Right. And this is the this when you see the full breath of the shark, because the shark is swimming towards the, the boat. Shut off that engine. Hooper's like, that's a 20-foot shark. And then Quinn's like, that's a 25. That's a 25-foot shark. And he realizes, oh, shit. Yeah. So then, you know, they're they're going about doing things. He Quint goes to get his harpoon gun because he's going to shoot him up with the uh, the barrels. Right. Um, and as uh, Quinn is preparing the uh, harpoon gun, Brody's wife calls in to the CB. And he Quint just blows her off completely. Well, Quint, this is where... This is where I think the movie kind of changes for me because Quinn doesn't blow her off. Quinn like literally goes out of his way to make it sound like, oh, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And then this is kind of where it starts. It's not very apparent yet, Mm -hmm. but Shaw is obviously insane. And he's... Lo- and he's losing it more and more. He's becoming Ahab. It, it, it's obvious. Like as the movie progresses, that's where they're going with it. Now I, I don't know if that was the intention, but that's what comes across more than anything else because he eventually destroys the radio. He, you know, sacrifices everything to kill the shark. Like he doesn't give a shit. He is going to take the shark down, mm-hmm. all the way down to the shark. Like initially taking his hand before taking him. Mm-hmm. So, like, every piece of it seemed like it was right out of Moby Dick mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, but you're right. This is the obsession, the obsession. And and that's why the Indianapolis story that he tells is so oh, good powerful. because it and, and tells you where this obsession yeah, came we're from. Yeah, we're about to get and there. And we're about to get there, and I love... this. It's, is It's the best monologue ever. Ever. Oh, that is, I mean... I mean, people, none. some none. people say that it's... Uh, uh, What's that other goddamn movie? Piccino and Jack Lemon and all them, where they're salesmen. Uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. A lot of people say that the best monologue came out of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but that Indianapolis monologue is. And we're gonna, I, we're going to play it for you on think, this podcast. Obviously. I don't think anything is better. There, I I don't I, think there's any monologue ever that's better than that. Let's let's get to the scene. So. They manage to shoot Jaws with uh, one of these harpoons that is attached to this boat, I mean, this barrel that's right. supposed to exhaust the, sh- the, the shark, you know, right. the shark from diving and all that, but the, he's got this... And, and Hooper immediately recognizes, or maybe it was uh, Brody, immediately recognizes that it looks like the shark is going to be able to take this barrel underwater mm-hmm. with him. And they're like, no, that's not possible. And he does. And he does. And he does. It, it, and it's just... It's and it's kind of lost. Mm-hmm. You don't realize it's attached to the boat. 
Yeah. The shark is attached to the boat from now on. Yeah. Through the rest of the movie, the shark is attached to the boat. Uh, but you forget because you don't pay attention to the... Even though the barrel's there, mm-hmm. the barrel is... is The line is attached to the boat mm-hmm. the whole freaking time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's just... Just the, the, the monster that it is out now. Yeah. This is... You nailed it perfectly with Quentin just... The struggle to deal with the monster known as Jaws. Right. So anyway, go ahead. So uh, nighttime comes and they're having dinner inside. The, you see the the faraway shot, you know, with the, the lights in in the uh, orca, and they're having dinner. And that's when uh, Hooper and Quint are both drunk out of their mind. Right. And, and they're, they're sharing war stories. And who's better? And who, you know, showing the scars of war. Yeah. You worry about you. It won't be permanent. I see something permanent. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, who? You might feel something permanent. Just put your hand underneath my cap. Just be a little lump. Knock on all on some Patty's Day, Boston. I got that beat. Got that beat. Some moray eel. Bit right through my wetsuit. Well, nope, now, listen, I don't know about that, but I entered an arm wrestling contest in Loki Bar in San Francisco. You see this? Now I can't extend that. You know why? Got to the semifinal, celebrating my third wife's demise. Big Chinese fella, he pulled me right off. Shark. He scraped me when I was taking samples. I got something for you. That's the thresher. You see that? Chief Thresher's tail. Thresher? That's a shark. You want a drink? Drink to your leg. I'll drink to your leg. Okay, so we drink our legs. I got the creme de la creme. Right here. Hold on. Hey, see that? Awareness, what? Right there. Mary Ellen Moffat. She broke my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Which you've seen, that's time and time again you've seen that. Like that's been in, you know, uh, Loaded Lethal Weapon. Mm -hmm. It's been in a lot of different movies. Um, Matter of fact, it was in. uh, I'm gonna get you, sucker. They did a, a scene like that, and I'm gonna get you. Oh sucker. yeah, 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 yeah. It, but yeah, yeah, in yeah. that one, merit badges and all. It, well, they had the merit badge, but then they also had the scene where, you know, he he had the um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. We already did that movie, mm-hmm. but I just it, right. that scene reappears a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to believe that the first time it happened was in Jaws. Yes. I don't remember no, another it, it was situation. An, it's an iconic where, scene that people are, you know, they they pay homage to. Right. I mean, it's it's we talk about these movies. A lot of these movies we talk about, you see, you've seen parts of these yes. movies. Raiders of the Lost Ark with the ball. You've seen that in other movies. Mm. Uh, 
there's other parts of that movie, obviously, that you've seen time and time again. Mm-hmm. Jaws, you've seen scenes from that movie time and time again. Star Wars. These are all iconic films that like just constantly keep showing up. Matter of fact, I just watched I watch this really shitty show called Riverdale, which is basically yeah. based on Archie. Archie, comics. but it's like dark or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. So I watched that show because I don't have anything else to watch on a Wednesday. So um, they had a reference to Star Wars in that. You know, they, he basically said, I can't remember the stupid kid's name, but he's just like, you, you know, you're my only hope. They, they took oh, that, okay. that, that Princess Leia scene mm-hmm. right from Star Wars and, and threw it into well, this that. Is... But it, that shit just, it pops up yeah. here and there. And if you know these movies, if you go and see these movies, which, of, of course, we encourage you to watch every single movie that we're mm-hmm. reviewing, Yes, uh, definitely watch every movie that we're reviewing. Uh, you know, if you watch these movies, you'll know these iconic scenes then. Mm-hmm. And that's why we yeah. bring this to you. Yeah, and this is, this is an iconic scene. So they're sharing war stories until they get to... Uh, tat- there's a tattoo. That's been removed. That's been removed. And Hooper's uh, Brody asks him about it, and that's the whole speech about the USS Indianapolis. <laughs> What's that one? What? That one there, on your arm. Oh, it's a tattoo. I got that removed. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Mother. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? So, but that's the USS Indianapolis. You were on the Indianapolis? What happened? Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into our side chief. He was coming back from the island of Tinian to Lady. just delivered the bomb, the Hiroshima bomb. 1,100 men went into the water. The vessel went down in 12 minutes. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13-footer, you know? You know that when you're in the water, Chief? You tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. Well, we didn't know. Was our bomb mission had been so secret. No distress signal had been sent. <laughs> they didn't even list us overdue for a week. Very first light, Chief. Sharks come cruising. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. You know, it's kind of like old squares in a battle, like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo, and the idea was, shark comes to the nearest man, that man, he start pounding and hollering and screaming. Sometimes the shark would go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white, and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red, and despite all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in, they... 
Rip you to pieces. You know, by the end of that first dawn, lost a hundred men. I don't know how many sharks, maybe a thousand. I don't know how many men, the average six an hour. On Thursday morning, Chief, I bumped into a friend of mine, Herbie Robinson from Cleveland. Baseball player, Bosun's mate. I thought he was asleep. Reached over to wake him up. Bobbed up and down in the water. It was like a kind of top. Upended. Well, he'd been bitten in half below the waist. Noon the fifth day, Mr. O'Berry, Lockheed Ventura. So she swung in low and he saw us too. A young pilot, a lot younger than Mr. Hooper anyway. He saw us and he come in low. And three hours later, a big fat PBY comes down and starts to pick us up. You know, that was the time I was most frightened, waiting for my turn. I'll never put on a life jacket again. So 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out, the sharks took the rest, June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. It's for those all know, U.S. Indianapolis was a, was a, was a um, naval ship from the United States that was returning from a top-secret mission to <clears throat> deliver parts of the Hiroshima atomic bomb to Tinian Island. The ship was struck in the side by torpedoes from a Japanese sub. Right. Like Quint says, it sunk in 12 minutes. There was, of the 1,196 men aboard, approximately 300 men went under with the ship, and roughly 900 struggled to remain alive in shark-infested waters. It wasn't just sharks. It was dehydration, exposure, things of that nature. I mean, you're, you're pretty, pretty much just um, waiting, you know, right. waiting water. <clears throat> With few lifeboats, the men were, were, were subjected to ongoing attacks by sharks, but the frequency of those attacks were a little bit debated. After four days and five nights in the water, a bomber on anti-submarine patrol spotted the oil slick and survivors by accident. As Quint says, only 317 men of those 900 that went in the water survived, making the worst disaster in the history of the U.S. Navy. The part of the speech where he talks about bumping into his friend Herbie Robinson from Cleveland, whose bobbing body had been bitten in half below the waist, is not true. There was no Herbie Robinson on board. However, survivors like Marine Guard Edgar Harrell described making nearly identical gruesome discoveries in the water. Right. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't use real names because mm -hmm. you don't. No. Now, now, this is the, the only caveat I'm going to throw into this mm -hmm. is... That would have happened in 1942. Mm -hmm. This movie is obviously set in 1978. They have video games. They have a high-tech boat. This is definitely set in the late 1970s. Mm -hmm. Okay? Shaw... I don't think Shaw was quite old enough. Yeah. Like In this movie, Shaw looks like he's maybe late 40s. Mm -hmm. And he should be closer to 60s. 60. Yeah, he, well, I think he was actually that age. He was in his 50s when he was... I mean, just different genes, I guess. I guess so. I'm just saying it. it he looks too young to me. And mm -hmm. that's the only caveat I'll throw into it. But mm -hmm. overall, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It doesn't the, the goddamn speech that he gives... It's just... just 
is so riveting. I, I, I can't think of another way to put it. So, I mean, it is, it is riveting. It's in the silence, the whole scene was surrounding that. Well, the silence around them and, and his pauses and every piece of the delivery is so spot on. Mm-hmm. It is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was him or the editing or the directing or all three. It was him. It didn't matter. It was brilliant. Speaking of that speech, Shaw persuaded Spielberg to let him drink on the set. Um, but Shaw got drunk the first take of this. Um, he had to be carried off the set. Shaw called Spielberg the next day and apologized. Said, "Let me do this again." And this was that he nailed it. Yeah, just just, just nailed it. It was awesome. And of course, after he gives a speech, they start singing, "I don't want to go home," and they start start picking it up. Yeah. Meanwhile, we switch to an outside shot of again. You see the boat on the horizon, and the two barrels pop up. And then next thing you know, as they're singing, the the Joel's, well, it's only got one barrel at this point. Oh, one barrel. I'm sorry. One barrel rams the ship. Yeah. And I mean, just holy. <laughs> rams the rams shit out the of sh- it. Like, literally, <laughs> like, this termite on, you know, these termites holding hand, I'm thinking to myself, should have went on the Aurora. Oh, it should have. Well, I, I don't know how it's still afloat at that point. Yeah. Like, it should have gone down. With this. With this. So, you know, water's flooding in. Um, they go out in the, go out in the, uh, the deck and start just literally shooting at the, like, taking guns and shooting at the yeah. jaws. <laughs> They've had enough. Um, but eventually they were able to stave off the, the attack. The next morning, Hooper and Quint are repairing the engine, and the barrel pops up again. And that's when they go to try to retrieve. Quint orders uh, Brody and Hooper to retrieve it with these long sticks. First off, if I'm Brody and Hooper, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. No. I'm say, not no, hanging no, over no, the side of this The hell with that. Come on, the damn shark just, no. And they go to retrieve it. And they shoot, uh, Jaws pops up again. They shoot him with another barrel, so that's two barrels. Well, right before that is when Hooper gets stuck by the, oh, yeah. in, in the rope. That's right. Because really what it boils down to is Brody doesn't know what the hell he's doing. No. Um, and he's trying to tie, they're trying to tie the rope off mm. to the back of the boat. And he doesn't pay attention to the fact that Hooper's like right there. Between the, the wood of the boat and the, and, and the rope. And the whole point of that is so that they can get the second barrel on it. They need to keep it up yeah. so that they can get the, the barrel on it. And that's when all hell really all starts hell breaking breaks loose. loose. The Jaws actually starts pulling the boat. Yeah. Which can't happen. No. Nah. That would have never happened. Um, well, if there's no, if there's no propulsion, mm-hmm. was the boat was the the engine was on though. The engine was on because that's when Quint realized, like, because he was trying to track track him at that time, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Like he was trying to stay with him to keep him up so he could shoot him again. Right, right. And then uh, they real Brody realizes they're in a world of shit, and he goes to try to radio in the harbor. Right. And- <laughs> Quint comes in, bashes, bashes, the bashes shit it out with of a it. baseball bat. And this is where he's, co- you know. And I think that, I think it leaves it as more of a surprise because, like, like I said, we watched the deleted scenes right before mm-hmm. we, we did the thing. Some of the deleted scenes definitely gave you the heads up that Shaw, uh, Shaw's character was out of his mind. Like, mm-hmm. he was just a lunatic. But you don't, since they cut all those scenes out and they just kind of make him like into the town joke or the, mm-hmm. you know, just a sailor that tells all these big fish stories. Mm-hmm. You don't realize 
until that moment that he's clearly lost his goddamn mind. He's lost mind. his mind. He is gone. He is. He does not give a shit if he lives or dies. He's going to take down this shark. Yeah, he's going to take down this and shark. And he wants to do it himself. Yep. So he goes up. He gets this, formulates his, Quentin formulates his plan that he's going to drag him into the, uh, the shallows, let him drown. And he's really cranking this engine up. Right. I mean, and, and, and Dreyfus is like, Cooper's like, you're going to blow the engine. Doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't. And, and this was another one of those things where I'm like, I don't think he really wants to drag him in. Mm-hmm. He do, I think he wants to take him down on his turf. Mm-hmm. And it's just, a, to me, it's just another obvious scene of him losing his yeah. mind over Moby Dick, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just kind of where this is yeah. for me. I mean. Powerful, powerful. It's, it's a great movie. So the engine ends up blowing. Yeah, of course. The ship is slowly sinking. Yep. So then they formulate this plan where Hooper's going to go in that piece of shit cage <laughs> and he'll harpoon him with like some freaking oxide or something. I don't know what he's thinking. Yeah, it's supposed to be like either shark poison or something that's going to knock him out or yes. something. Yes, So... Dreyfus goes down in this small hand cage they got to put together, and it turns out just exactly like you would think. Yeah. Jaws, it took one hit, and Jaws is in the cage. I yeah. mean, it's just insane. So, so yeah. Jaws hits the cage. Hooper drops the, the uh, harpoon of his, and Hooper barely escapes as Jaws tears his cage up. Now, it's, it's funny to note that the original script, like the novel, had Hooper killed when the shark bites through the cage. But you'll notice that there's a stark contrast between the mechanical shark footage and they actually had some actual great white shark footage. Oh, okay. Of of a great white attacking this cage, especially size wise. Oh, size. No, I mean the shark that they show. Oh yeah. A, actually, making an attack on a cage mm-hmm. is much much smaller. Much much smaller. And they actually in that scene, they actually used a four foot nine person and a smaller cage. Oh, okay. To simulate the real shark being bigger. bigger. Yeah, yeah. So um, Hooper ends up escaping and going to the bottom of the ocean. Then we're transported topside where they're reeling in the cage. It's been destroyed. Mm -hmm. Um, They're like, what the hell? Hooper's not there. Then you hear the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And uh, Jaws comes in. And and the best part about that, I I don't mean to cut you off there. The best part of the music is... You can raise the level of tension just by speeding it up. Yep. It's yep. It, when it's slow, and you know he's he's a he's a mile away. Mm-hmm. And when he when you speed that up, he's right on top of you, and you know it without seeing a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. You know he's right on top of you. Right it on, is yeah. crazy. It's crazy. That, you don't even see, that yeah, music. It's, it's awesome. And here we are. We are at the climax of the movie. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about great filmmaking, some iconic scenes. Like, this is part of the reason why I just love Jaws, these next couple of scenes that play out with Jaws ramming the boat. At this point, the boat is half underwater. Right. The stern of the boat is underwater. Jaws rams into it, not sending Quint and Brody um, (coughs) to their backs. Yes. And because of that, they slowly slip down to the the the, the, uh, the bow of the ship, stern of the ship. I don't know. 
where Jaws is waiting for them. And yeah, I'm again, not sure if it's Stern or Bow. We're going to get yelled at. Schaefer is a boater. Yeah. This, it doesn't matter. The back of the boat. We're both I want to eat it with you. I want to eat this with you. The back of the boat. The back of the boat. So, again, this scene, I mean, you see still I think shot. the bow's the one in the front. The bow's one in the and front. And I think the stern's in the back, but I'm not sure, man. Who knows? I passed my boating license like 20-some years ago. Yeah, I don't remember. These rats, yeah. So, <laughs> Quint, this, I love this scene. Just Quint slowly creeps towards where Jaws is just waiting. Oh, yeah. It's almost like the monster from the Star Wars pit. The, 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 the pit monster. Yeah. Hey. I mean, Quint's kicking the Sarlacc. Quint's kicking Jaws with all his lights screaming, and then next thing you know, he's in the Jaws mountain. This bites the Jaws bites down on Quint. This fountain of blood. Oh yeah. Quint just just spits out, and then next thing you know, Quint's body goes limp, and you see Jaws just slowly drag him into the depths of the water. I oh, love yeah. this. That scene is wild. And then Brody is like um. Back in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, what do you call it? He's in, he's inside the boat. Right. He's inside the boat, like in the, uh, whatever, whatever you call it. And Jaws comes from the side and busts through the the ship. Right. Where Brody takes the uh, pressurized uh, air and shoves it in the Jaws' mouth. At this point, Jaws has pretty much destroyed the ship. Oh, yeah. There's not much left. And you got the music in the background. The ship is sinking. The ship is and sinking. And he's trying to get it to the highest ground he possibly can. Which, in this case, is all the way up on the poles. And the, and the ship's on its side, sinking. It's just the mast. The mast, The mast, he, the mast right. he's on. Which and, I would think, and, and this is my daughter more than me, she's like, well, why, if he's up there, wouldn't that just make the mass go down faster and the rest of the boat not? I was like, I don't, I don't wow. know. Just, just the cabin. enjoy this. The boat's cabin. He was in the boat's cabin when he got hit. Right, right. So he perches himself up with this rifle on the mast as Jaws is slowly approaching, got the music in the background, and he's yeah. trying to hit that pressurized gas. Misses the first couple times. Then you have the smile, you son of a bitch. Nails him, nails the uh, gas tank, Jaws explodes, just obliterated. Oh, yeah. Which they could have accomplished with Aurora in the first place. They could have accomplished with what? The Aurora. Oh, Hooper's right. Hooper's boat. Um, and he's, he's celebrating, and that's when Hooper comes up from the water, from the depths of the water. And they, don't they kind of laugh with each other? And they paddle back to... Uh, they paddle back to the beach, and they're like, what day is it? Is it Sunday? Or yeah, they, is it Sunday or is it Tuesday? I don't Something know. like that. And then uh, the, last, the last scene you see is actually the shores uh, with the, uh, the credits rolling by. And that was Jaws. Everything okay? Everything? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking this shit up. Looking something up. But yeah, that 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 right there is Jaws for you. What a great for Okay, movie. port is on the left. Okay. Star starboard is on the right. Stern is in the back. Stern is in the back. Okay, so we were right the first time. Yeah. So it made a little made a little sound. And then uh, I don't. It doesn't say what the front of the boat is called, but the port is the left. It's like a tr- It's like a three ways. 
Okay. You know, it's like a, if you had a circle and you cut it into three equal pieces. The stern is the back, the port is on the left, and the starboard's on the right. Gotcha. So I don't know why they call it starboard, starboard either. I have no idea. Don't care. You know, so weird nautical terms. So Jaws. Jaws is one of the most celebrated movies of all time. You can see why. Yeah. How, since you don't care about the Oscars, did it win any Oscars? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. I, I'm sure it won a couple. Had to at least win for the score, right? The score is fantastic, yeah. I can look. Because that's, I mean, it, that's, that's one of the most frustrating parts of the Oscars. Like, the movies that really should win just never seem to win. It's always these feel-good Nonsense. Yeah, best bullshit. original. So best original. Best screenplay. original score. Oh, score. Best sound mixing. Best film editing. And it was a nominee for best picture. Okay, who did it lose to? Gonna find out right now. Okay. So anyway, uh, Jaws. Uh, as we said at the beginning, it it holds up much much better than we even we even thought it would. Yeah, I I didn't think it was going to hold up as well at all, and I think it's because of the characters. I think the characters are so well developed, and you know, even though you know we you can simplify some of the characters later on, but the the truth of the matter is is you know, there is a lot being put on Brody. Brody's getting attacked by all sides. And then he's got his personal life. He's got his work life. He's got everything else going on around him. So that, you know, he's trying to, he's new in the town on top of everything else. So he there's a trust, a trust factor there. There's like all these other little pieces that put together that Brody character. Then you have... You know, Robert Shaw, like I said, you you have him surviving something just beyond belief that and and you you figure that over time he has just basically spent his entire life trying to get even with the sharks that attacked him and his friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, you know, so when you see earlier on. You see all these shark teeth around and everything. You can just assume that he's just a crazy, a old crazy asshole. Revengeful, but yeah. it's the whole thing is a revenge story for yep. him. Yep. Like he is just all about getting revenge on yep. this shark. Yep. Th- he's going to take this one out. This one's the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Hooper. And like I said, Hooper, he's a rich guy. He's from the university. He's supposed to be brilliant. But then... He also has this adventurous side to him where he wants to kind of, and he wants to be famous. I mean, there's all these other little pieces. And then you said in the novel, he ends up having an affair with the, the, with Brody's Brody's wife, wife, which is insane. I mean, I don't even know how that would fit into the movie, but um, I kind of want to go read the book now. So, um, but it's, it is a great movie. Yeah. There's just, the the characters are developed so well that that's why yeah. this actually lasts. the the out the other characters in the movie are throwaways. They are. You don't care that much. His wife, wife is a throwaway. His wife isn't even important no. until 
Joel's Revenge, yeah. which is a shit movie. Yes. Because uh, <clears throat> she's not really that important in the second movie. Um, I don't even think she's in the third movie. I don't think anybody's in the third movie. It's a whole different cast, I believe. Yeah. Uh, then you have... Uh, Quaid. Who? Randy Quaid? Mm-hmm. Not Randy Quaid. His, um, Dennis? Dennis Quaid, yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr. All right. Did it? Who did he lose? Who did One flew over the cougar's nest. Oh well, that's that's a brilliant movie too. Mm. But I think that this loses because it's looked at as a horror movie. As a horror movie, I would agree. And that's the problem. Like you have, you can put together like the most brilliant horror movie, and it's it's a horror movie, and it's a horror movie yeah. at the end of the day. I mean, even I mean, I'm not a big fan of uh, that. The one movie that came out, the the black horror movie that just came out by Jordan Peele, not no. us, but the previous one. Yeah, I don't. It got a lot of accolades, but I don't think it was ever going to win Best Picture. No, you know, even though it's being pushed to the moon. I mean, yeah. was Black Panther ever going to win Best <sighs> Picture? You know, I mean, I don't think these are. I don't think that I'm not exactly saying they're deserving. I'm just saying, would a Marvel movie ever win Best Picture? I don't. I think Endgame has a chance. I don't think it, I, I don't think it ever I don't think it's gonna best picture mm-hmm. of the year. I think it has a chance. Has a chance. They did the same thing with Lord of the Rings Return of the King. The mm. first two were kind of dismissed, but because of what it what it symbolized, I think the they gave it to the Academy gave it to Lord of the Rings Return of the King just because of the culmination of everything. I Maybe. Think, I wouldn't be surprised to see that endgame. So what's the next movie we're gonna be doing? Is it Empire? Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, the next one's Empire. I mean, we got some some killer, and we don't have a movie after that, do we? We don't, but I I've got some ideas. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, cool. But we we don't have anything scheduled as of right now. But, I didn't even know Empire was scheduled. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Scott Schaefer's back in studio. Um, I wouldn't I, mind doing. What about Bob, dude? There's tons. There of... are tons. We gotta start. We got is what we did, Paul and I, at the beginning of the year. We formulated a. Li- I can't believe it's already. Mid May, no, and and you're you always wanted to do this on Memorial yep. Day, and I think it's a good, yep. you know, obvious pick. But um, moving forward, it's just, <clears throat> uh, I, I you know generally we like to s- see what's coming out, so yeah. I have to look at the schedule. I know at the end of the year we're going to be doing Masters of the Universe, yes. uh, the Dolph original Lundgren. Masters of the Universe, because. Uh, in December, the new Masters of the yes. Universe is coming out. We're going to be doing Army uh, of Darkness too. Yeah, sometime before now, between now and mm-hmm. then. Army of Darkness is definitely on the agenda. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, and we'd like to have your input too. You can find. I, I think in the Halloween era, we're going to probably be pushing for. I'll be pushing for like Friday the Thirteenth. We probably should. The at least the original one. Probably should the original. Yeah. So even though there's nothing coming out, I I don't care. Who cares? And then of course it's um Maryland Podcaster Month. Make sure to check that out. It's uh brought to you by our friends Brian and Greg over at redmail.com. It's Facebook, Maryland Podcasters Month. Bunch of good podcasts. We've got to support each other. Yeah, I don't have they the list. They support us. I don't have it. Uh, we had the list last week. You can check that list out on our Facebook page, JB's Driving Podcast. Um, there's also Twitter, JB's Drive-In, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. You know the deal there. Also, uh, pretty pleased about the numbers we got for the Game of Thrones shorts that I've been putting out. I just put out one yesterday regarding the last episode, which absolutely sucked my ass. 
Yeah, I, I don't watch it, so I don't know. But uh, I've honestly, been hearing a lot of complaints. Dude, it's it's for what the series was and what it's become. It's just a, it's so it's it's a crime. It's a crime. Did you notice the coffee cup when it happened, or I did, did not. you notice it from the memes? I I I noticed it from the memes. Yeah. It just put it this way. It's so crappy. Like. <laughs> There's a scene. I know you don't like it, and then we'll we'll stop here. I didn't say I didn't like it. I don't. I've well, never watched, watched it. it. Watch it. Because there's, there's a scene where these where one of the characters is riding a dragon. Okay. Back to another castle. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, so you saw where? Never the, ending story. <laughs> that's a great movie too. Yeah. That's a great movie. Oh, we did say we wanted to do a kids movie, so. Maybe. I think, but I know it's way outside the time zone. But I wouldn't mind doing Wizard of Oz. Ooh. And following it up with the Wiz. <laughs> we gotta do Avatar. Oh Jesus! We gotta, do, we gotta do Avatar. We uh, do. We well, have, we, we can wait because Avatar, the the sequel to Avatar, is coming out. Never coming out. It's never coming out. They've got seven sequels coming out, so we can wait until they come out, and no, then we'll do it. We're though. not waiting. No. No. I'd much rather do Temple of Doom. Oh, we can do Temple of Doom. But anyway, let's get so Game of Thrones. There's this. Um, the dragon, and this dragon gets a fleet of ships. Sneak All right. A fleet of ships sneak attacks. A dragon is flooded. What? Yes, a fleet of ships sneak attacks a dragon. Okay. And here is the writer's rationale. At the end of the at the end of the show, there's like this thing called Behind the Thrones or whatever like that, where they interview the two writers. Yeah, yeah. And the one writer's like, yeah. And Danny, who was a character uh, riding the dragon, said, and Danny forgot about Greyjoy's fleet. During that same episode, there is a scene during the War Council, where everybody surrounds this big map of everything, where one of the guys that is like one of the, one of the advisors to the king, mm-hmm. to her, saying, and Greyjoy's fleet just took this army over here. Saying... There, remember, there is this fleet here. Yeah. But, but the writer said she forgot about it. She forgot about it within a couple hours. It's stupid. It's stupid. I'll talk about that more. So anyway, Empire Strikes Back next, and we'll be talking about other movies afterwards. Maybe a little uh, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> you want to do a flop? Oh, God, yeah. We need to do a good flop. <laughs> That's, a, That's what I really wanted to do. Lone Ranger. I wanted to do those movies that were sup- that were just hyped to the moon and back, and then flopped on their face. Yeah. Battlefield Earth is a great one. I mean, oh. it's it's such a shit movie. But that's the thing we have to watch it. Yeah, God, oh. it, it is a difficult movie to watch. It really is. But I don't care. I I, don't I, care. I always love those kind of movies too. So. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us for Jaws. Make sure that we also the archive other movies. Uh, if this is the first time you listen, uh, listen to us. You know, listen to those. There's some great, great episodes. But for the time being, Paul, any last words? I will definitely say, as much as I thought, you know, when they kind of rehashed Jurassic Park with Jurassic World, I thought it worked. Uh, I don't think that they need to rehash Jaws. No. Jaws should just, just live on live as on. it is. I agree. I, agree. I mean, I, I like the fact that they cleaned it up yes. in, the, in the Blu-ray version, but... Dude, it, it doesn't need to, a remake. No, do not, do not. For the love it. of God, do not remake this movie. Do not remake it. So, but other than that, uh, no, man. I, you know, uh, hopefully everybody enjoys this nonsense, and we'll keep making them if you keep listening. Absolutely. 
We'll see you with Empire Strikes Back. Bye-bye.